Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Light up in this place, right? We are glad to see you here. I want to see your beautiful, smiling, awake faces. Amen. Hey, we're glad you're here today. I want to welcome some special guests that we have to our service this morning. My dear friend, Pastor Don Clappin from Eastside Church in Kansas City. He's not here visiting like pastory. He's here to hear his son preach. I'm just going to let you know that right now. Um, there, yes, we can give them a big hand. We're glad that they're here with us today. And then uh, some good friends of ours from Oklahoma. I don't know what city you live in, Miss Jennifer, but we've known them for years and years and they're good friends of the Clappin family who are our in-laws. A lot of, lot of stuff going on today, but we're really glad. We're ringing really, really strong up here, guys, if you don't mind check, checking that out. But um, it probably my magnetism is, is bouncing off. So I think that's maybe what it is, but um, that's much better. Thank you. So anyway, some of you that watch and look at uh, and spend time and camp on social media saw something my wife put up this week, and she didn't do anything wrong. I'm not yelling at her for doing it, okay? Uh, It's kind of funny. I'll say to my wife sometimes, hey, I saw what you put on social media today. She goes, oh, what did I say wrong? You didn't say nothing wrong. I'm just letting you know that I saw it, and I acknowledge it, and it was all good. But uh, my son-in-law, Ryan, who I'm introducing now, and my daughter, Emily, their apartment in, uh, they, they work at Hope Church, a church that our church helped start, and Ryan's the youth pastor there, and Emily's just kind of a do-everything person on their team down just, uh, just outside of Orlando, Florida. Well, they were sleeping in the middle of the night, and their dog woke them up because their neighbors above them, their toilet ran all night long and flooded their apartment, about six inches of water in their apartment, destroyed almost all of their clothes and a lot of their personal belongings. And, you know, it's all in the insurance world right now, right? So it's all going to get taken care of one way or the other. But they know they're in God's hand, and God is good. Amen, church? But you know what that's like if you've ever gone through something like that. And then this happened on Wednesday. This happened on Wednesday, and we had prepared for them to come on Saturday so they could spend some time with us this weekend because it is Emily's birthday, and she is, you know, Kim's favorite daughter today. And uh, no, just kidding. But uh, we're we're so glad to have them home, and they kind of needed this break. And I asked Ryan to speak for us this morning. I'm so proud of Ryan, what God's done in his life. He's a youth, uh, youth pastor down at Hope Church, associate pastor, work with kids, and does such a great job. I know his parents are proud of him too. Hey, church, would you make my son-in-law Ryan feel welcome this morning? Thank you so much. I get a hug on Thanksgiving and on Christmas, and this right, and when I speak, this is an amazing moment. I just got... My third hug. I've been married for a year. That's the third hug. So that's incredible. I'm feeling great. I'm fired up now. We can end the service. But I'm so excited to be here today because you guys have been talking about rooted and being rooted in God. And Pastor Ed, he just shared my whole intro story so you know what's going on. So we, you kind of know everything in my life right now. So it's amazing because we are talking about rooted today. And I love talking about rooted because something about rooted is you can't fake your roots. And I love that because you can't fake what you're rooted in because ultimately it's going to come up and what you're rooted in is what you're going to produce. 
And so if you're faking your roots, you're going to get spotted, which that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Some of you guys are like, oh, no, I'm, I'm spotted. This is not good. But you can't fake what you're rooted in. But what I love today so much, and I love telling my teenagers, and I love telling our church is this. God doesn't want you to come already perfect. He wants you to come just willing. But we have this mindset in our head of like, man, I just need to come to God like already perfect, already rooted, already set. But like, I, it just doesn't work that way. Like we don't go to the doctor's office with a bloody nose and they, they, they say, hey, go back, fix your bloody nose, come back, and then we'll take care of you. That's just not, that's not how it works. And so God today is trying to tell me, to tell you that there is a starting point and today is the starting point to start to be rooted in Jesus Christ. And you don't have to come perfect. You just need to come willing. And one of the most amazing parts about being rooted in Jesus Christ is when you're rooted in Jesus Christ, something that helps you is this word called community. And you have an amazing community here. What I saw today, I was not expecting that. Usually when you do altar, altar calls at the church, you're like waiting for people to come up and you're awkwardly like standing there and then no, you know, no one really comes up and it's embarrassing. But you guys came up as a family, you prayed. Amazing community is happening here and I want to give you a little bit of, of just a little bit of a boost of why community is absolutely incredible. And today I have the coolest story of community, but I want to start off with this. I think this is why we struggle with community. We let our trials affect our community, but instead we need to let our community affect our trials. And you're like, okay, you're just trying to be a trendy pastor right now with like these rhyming words and like cool sentences. It really does make sense because sometimes in our life, we let our community, our, our trials affect what we're going to do with our community or if we're going to rely on our community in circumstances. And see what I mean by that is we think to ourselves like, my trials, my problems in my life right now, they're just too bad to be going to community group on Wednesday. Like they can't, I, my problems are not going to be fixed by an hour video that I do with my small group. Or, or my problems right now, I just don't have time. My week has been too crazy. I just don't, I, you know what, right now, honestly, I'm just sick of people right now. Like I don't want community. This week, I don't want my community group. But we let our trials affect our community when in reality, God wants us to let our community affect our trials. And what I mean by that is your community helps you fight sin in your life. Your community helps you fight the battle in your life. Community for you in your life is a shield. When you go to battle, they're there to uplift you in that lonely season where anxiety and depression come into play. They are the people. Your community is the shield that helps push you towards Jesus Christ. And community is important. And so I see community and being rooted in Jesus Christ hand in hand. Because Pastor Ed talks about some amazing things. Being rooted in God's word so that you know what's right and what's wrong. You're not gonna, you're not gonna really like see someone fake being rooted in God's word, right? Like you're gonna know if someone knows what's right or wrong. You're gonna see it. But sometimes we can sneak by and we can kind of hide from community. And I've seen it this week in my own life. Our, our entire apartment got flooded. Me and Emily are moving everything out. We got 24 hours to get everything out of our house. And the first thing that we wanted to do, and this is the enemy talking to us and, and getting in our brains, the first thing that we wanted to do was, okay, we got this by ourselves. We don't need anyone else. We're totally good. Let's move out. Let's try to do everything by ourselves. As we're doing that, we are in terrible dire need of some mental health because we're fighting. Like we're, we're like, we're, you know, we're arguing about the little things. We're getting mad at each other. We're both sweating. We stink. We smell like mold. I'm like, this is terrible. Doing life is not by ourselves is not what we're supposed to do. But as soon as we need community, the enemy tells us we don't need community. 
But what I'm trying to tell you is if you're rooted in Jesus Christ, you're going to be in community 24-7. And I want that for you guys. So we're going to talk about this passage in Mark chapter 2. If you got your Bibles. Anyone got a real Bible today? Like a real Bible. OG legend, legend, legend. Listen, I went to a, a youth like all-nighter thing and I went and spoke and I said, anyone got a real Bible? Crickets. I'm talking crickets. It was miserable. They didn't have real Bibles. It's all you version. I get it, guys. I totally get it. This is the youth section. Amen. All right, that's the youth section. Amen, amen. Amen, the Bible section. Yes, ma'am, it is. I love that Bible section. All right, we're in, my, we're in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. This is one of my favorite passages of community because it's not something that people go to right away and say, this is community, this is biblical community. But what I'm trying to tell you is if you see a little side of this story, you are going to be so energized to uplift your community. It's going to be incredible. It starts off with this. When Jesus returned to Dallas, Texas, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. All right, so Jesus is coming into town. It's incredible. It's like for my young people, like if Justin Bieber showed up to the, the local 7-Eleven, like it's packed. If some of you guys don't know who Justin Bieber is, like Kenny Chesney, you know what I'm saying? This group right here. It's like if Kenny Chesney showed up to the local 7-Eleven, everyone's packing it out. Everyone's getting Slurpees, getting their snacks. They're, I mean, the door, the line is long. Like everyone needs in there because everyone just wants one touch of Jesus because Jesus is performing miracles. At this this point, Jesus is making a name for himself. People are starting to believe in him. Here, we're, we're seeing signs and wonders. Like, it's incredible. And everyone wants a, just a little bit of touch of what is happening. So everyone's trying to climb in, right? Everyone's trying to get in there. It continues on to say this. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. This is incredible. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my, chi- my child, your sins are forgiven. So next up, they're, they're outside this local 7-Eleven, this, this really crazy place that's packed out. And these guys know that this guy on this mat needs a healing. They know that, they, that he needs Jesus. And these guys know that I'm going to do whatever I possibly can to pick this guy up and get him in front of Jesus. So they, they pick him up on his mat. They climb up the side of the roof. I don't know if you understand how hard this is. Even if you think the house is like a mini house made out of clay, it's still hard with a, a man who's not moving and helping at all. They pick this guy up. They get on top of the roof. They have to then dig a hole with their hands. I'm sure they didn't have shovels. Like this is intense community because this is not easy. I just want to point that out to you. What they did was not simple. The Bible kind of, if you read through it really fast, you're like, oh, that's cool. They threw a man up on the roof. They threw a man up on the roof, like by themselves. Like my parents, they do Christmas lights every Christmas. Not anymore because my dad's too scared of heights. He's a big baby when it comes to everything. But this, this is how this works. My dad and my mom, when they were younger, we were younger, it, it was very sketchy, but my dad would get up on the roof first, and then my mom would get up on the roof, and my, this is so redneck, we're from, we're from Missouri, okay, so this crowd right here, you know what I'm talking about a little bit. My dad would tie a rope around my mom, as we're, as we're and, I'm, and sometimes it wouldn't, it might not even be a rope, it might just be an extension cord, because like, that's all we had. 
And so they would tie a rope around my mom, and my dad would stand back on the roof, and my mom would crawl all the way to the end laughing, hey, kids, like, I'm just putting up Christmas lights, like, hanging over the side of the roof while my dad's like this. I cannot imagine these guys getting up on top of a roof and how sketchy and how scary it was. And this is my first point that I want to point out to you guys is community does not make you weak. And I'm talking to you guys in the room, okay, because we're told we're not allowed to have emotions. We're not allowed to, like, you know, be, have a soft spot and join community because community is just for women. I'm trying to tell you this right now, that community does not make you weak, men. Being a better father, being a better follower of Jesus Christ, being a better rooted man of God is not going to make you weak. These men were not weak. I'm trying to tell you today that community is not just a women's bunko hangout group, okay? It's fun. Those are types of community. But in community, we can be men and we can be strong and we can learn to be better followers of Jesus Christ. We can be better husbands. Women. It doesn't make you weak if you want to go community group and you don't have to gossip about it. Oh my gosh, I just said that. I, you don't have to, you, like, it's not just a, like, a place for you to just go and just like, you know, hang out with your ladies and then go home and you're like, oh, that's great. Community can be a serious time of growth for you and it can help you become more rooted in Jesus Christ. And so I'm here to tell you today, if you think that community makes you weak, these men were the opposite of weak. But my question for you today is this. Being rooted in Jesus Christ does not just make church about what you want to pick and pull out of it. Church is not just about you and what you can get out of it. Church is actually how we can get things out of the service, obviously. It's an amazing experience with Jesus Christ. We get to see his presence. We get to worship. We get to hear a good message. But we also get to uplift people and serve them as well. Church is not just about you. But we have this mindset that it is just about us. And every day, I want to pick the songs. I don't like the songs that are said. I didn't like that message this week. It, hit too, it was too personal. I don't like the topic. It's all about us. And I think we learn this from just regular culture. Because I get on the airplane yesterday, and this is just absolutely crazy. I can't, I can't believe that I was told this. It's so weird when you think about it. But I sit in my seat, and they're doing the, you got to exit here and an exit here. And you're like, that, you know, they're doing really good. That's kind of a cool job. And they're like, you know, get your seatbelt on. It's amazing. And then they come, if you have a baby, they come to you personally on your row and they say, hey, mom and dad, if the air masks drop out of the ceiling, make sure to put your air mask on before you put your baby's air mask on. I said, You're, my, my child's four months, here, four months old. Like if I pass out, I think I can come back. He's not going to be able to handle that. Yeah, I know, but you're supposed to protect yourself before you protect your baby. And what I'm trying to tell you today is the mental idea of what we have as community today in the church is I need to put myself first and take everything that I can out of church and then worry about uh, people second. Today, it's time to start changing and worrying about people first and putting us second. You know what I'm saying? This idea in this world to just make us think about us only just absolutely destroys the idea of community. So we go on in verse 5 through 11, this is, a, this is the amazing, amazing, amazing part of this passage. 
Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive their sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man that your sins are forgiven, or is it easier to say, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man, and he said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. The main part of every Bible story, this is, a, this is a Bible credit for you. I went to Bible college. This is a free one. I paid thousands of dollars for this. Every passage, the main topic is the miracle of what Jesus did. And in this passage, this is what Jesus did. He proved to those men that he had the authority to forgive sin. He did a miracle. He knew that that man didn't need just like his legs to be fixed. He knew he needed a heart fixture. He knew he needed healing from the inside out. He knew that he needed more. So people questioned him. They said, Jesus, why are you doing this? This is blasphemy. You can't do this. He says, okay, I'll prove it to you. I can do this. I'm going to save this person. I'm going to heal him. I know his heart. I know what he wants. The only reason that guy got to Jesus is through community. And so my last point for you today is this. Community pushes people to Jesus. Community pushes people to Jesus. The man was healed from the inside out. The man was rooted in Christ at that moment because those guys thought to themselves, this is not all about me. I'm going to rise up with my other brothers. I'm going to pick this man up. I'm going to do whatever I possibly can to get this guy in front of Jesus. I'm going to do whatever is possible to show true community and get this man in front of Jesus and the man was healed. Today I'm trying to tell you this. Community pushes people towards Jesus. You have an opportunity today to push someone closer to Jesus. And so I got a few questions for you. Do you take true commitment and community at Warehouse Church. Do you look at Warehouse Church as an amazing opportunity to be involved in community? Do you reach out to people and pray for them when they're in need? Do you reach out to people and ask them how their week is going? Do you lead a a small group or a community group? Are you involved in a community group? Do you reach out to your pastor and ask him how he is doing? Why? Because he is constantly thinking about you. Your staff is constantly thinking about you guys and what they can do to make you guys better and more rooted and what they can do to make the church cooler to bring in younger youth. These people, the staff, your pastor, all they're thinking about is you. Do you reach out to them and ask them, hey, how are you doing? Do you figure out in the church who is in need relationship-wise? Do you know someone who is kind of in a spot in their marriage that they they could use a little bit of wisdom or a, a little bit of encouragement or just an ear to talk to you? Do you take advantage of this church being your community? Because community pushes people towards Jesus. And today you have an opportunity to push someone here at Warehouse Church towards Jesus or yourself. So here's my, here's my ending for you, okay? I got the like soft music in the background. Your, your, hearts are, your hearts are stirring. 
you guys already had an altar call moment, so I don't need to do that. That's extra for me to say, like, come up and, you know, you know, drop something at the altar. You already did that today. So my challenge is this for you. Some of you guys love community here, but you've been running away from community because of some hurt or distance from Jesus. And today my challenge for you is this. Are you using Warehouse Church as an amazing community to push others towards Jesus Christ and stay rooted in Jesus Christ? Because today, some of you guys need to join a community group. Some of you guys need to host a community group. Some of you guys need to go serving kids. Because when you're serving kids, you're definitely going to heaven. Right, Johnny? That's what we tell our people at Hope Church. The people who are definitely going to heaven are the kids' workers. Amen? That's like the favorite place to work. Maybe you need to go serve at youth group. Johnny could use all the help that he possibly could. Because us youth pastors love having people come in and change the next generation. Some of you guys need to take a step into community and say, okay, I'm done serving myself. I'm going to go jump in community and I'm going to go serve my church. I'm going to go help my church be rooted in Jesus. I'm going to go be rooted in Jesus. Some of you guys are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this Jesus thing was actually that serious. Like, I don't, I don't have a relationship with him. This whole series we've been talking about rooted, I don't even still know what that means. I don't even know, like, if I have a relationship with Jesus. The first step to being rooted in Jesus Christ is confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Why? Because at that moment in time, the Bible says that the old you is gone and the new you is here. The old you is gone. That means God is using what he now, not the old you, not the things you did, not the things you said. He wants to use a new you. And before you go and serve your community and get into community, you need to know if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because some of you guys aren't rooted in anything other than substances. What TV says about you. How the world says you should live as a guy or a woman. Some of you teenagers are just going off of Instagram and YouTube and, and whatever other influencers say about you. Some people in this room, whether you've been in church for 40 years or 40 minutes, have to start being rooted in Jesus Christ today. I love this passage right here. It's the last passage. I'm going to read it off the screen. This is my favorite passage. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. We complicate everything so much. Well, I'm just not ready yet. I'm just not right enough yet. I'm not just committed enough yet. You're trying to run before you walk. To truly get rooted in Jesus Christ is to truly say, God, I need you as Savior of my life. Will you forgive me in my sins and use a new me and let me go serve my community? Today, some of you guys need to do that. And so what, I'm not going to steal this moment from your leaders because your pastor wants to have this moment with you. Your, your staff wants to have this moment with you. And at the end of today, if it's on your heart and you know, man, I need to just be rooted in something, whether I need to get saved or I need to join a community group or I need to go serve somewhere, go talk to your staff. Go talk to your pastor because community changes lives. And through you, Jesus wants to do amazing things. Through you, through you, through you. He wants to do incredible things through you. Community is going to change lives here at Warehouse Church and in this area. And I truly believe it. You guys have a special community. A special, special community. I want to honor your guys' uh, pastor today. I don't, uh, he's 
waving his head no at me, but this is just what we do. I don't know if you've done this. At Hope Church, this is what we do all the time because I truly mean it. Your pastor, I'm not just brown-nosing because I'm his his son-in-law and I'm the last one and I'm still trying to work up the totem pole. I truly mean this. I truly, truly mean this. The only thing that Pastor Ed thinks about when he goes home is how can he better this community? How can he better this church? And that that really deserves you guys to stand to your feet and honor him today. Stand to your feet. Honor Pastor Ed today in your church.